Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Whale Nerds Podcast. My name is Slater. I forgot to introduce myself last week. It's okay. We knew you were here. And I'm here with Eric and Caitlin. Hey, everyone. And this is episode seven. (laughs) Woo! Can't believe we're already on seven. Yeah, I know. It feels like we started just last week. We kind of did. No. Maybe two weeks. (laughs) Three weeks. (laughs) And uh, I don't think we have a topic yet, but we're going to let these... We got some questions from Instagram, so I think we're going to start with some questions off the Instagram, and then we will um, just see where those take us. Yeah. Go for it. Question number one. How long do humpback whales live? Ooh. Good question. We actually briefly touched uh, on that uh, on one of our previous episodes about the aging of whales. And uh, most baleen whales out there that we have out here in Monterey Bay were... uh, estimating that uh, some of them are probably a little bit longer than the human lifespan, maybe about 80 years or so. But we do know some of our um, uh, bowhead whales in the Arctic are living uh, 150 years plus. So um, there's a lot of ways out there that they're trying to determine the exact ages of these animals. So it's still kind of a hot topic out there. Um, Good whale research, believe it or not, really hasn't started since the... uh, early 70s because mm-hmm. in the 70s uh, pre-70s a lot of uh, when we saw a whale we didn't go oh man you know these things are wonderful we need to save them we were looking at a whale and going hey man that's like that's like 100 barrels of whale oil there that's gonna co- that's gonna be a lot of money in my pocket so uh, some of the whales that we're keeping track of are, are currently still alive and I do know a lot of you obviously you're listening because you're uh, fans of uh, marine wildlife but uh some of you might recall the granny story. There are some extreme um, <laughs> accounts that she was a probably 100-plus years old, and there are some more conservative figures that she was a lot younger than that, so that's still kind of a hot debate, too. Even still, you saw gone. Granny? In her I saw years. Granny, yeah. I didn't, unfortunately. You guys are jumping on the bandwagon of the was. was. She gone. <laughs> she gone, unfortunately, yeah. Well, you know what? What? What's the happy? What's the happy? What's the happiest whale? Now, what's the <laughs> oldest whale on Happy Whale? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I was know. trying yeah. to look it up. Maybe when uh, Ted comes back, you know, he might be able to, uh, to I know, let us know. I know Cascadia has uh, photos from the early '80s for sure, like pre-splash. Program. I think even beyond that, yeah. Yeah, um, because what we what we tell people sometimes after after I've been talking to Ted and um, John Calamikidis is. You know, some of these whales already looked like old whales in the 81 to 85 catalog. So how old are they really? Because they're still alive. Mm. Yeah, so ages could definitely vary by species. I do know there was uh, one bottlenose that recently passed that was, I think, uh, close to the uh, 60-year-old mark. Mm. All right, so I found it. And the longest intervals between sightings is 40 years, three months, and three days. Is that the one? That's on Happy Whale. Is that the Alaska one? Uh, Let me look. That is... No, Newfoundland. Oh. And Bermuda. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. And didn't we learn that right whales uh, from the talk that some even those whales might be pushing close to 100? Yeah. 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 Some people... I mean, some people even speculate blue whales live close to 100 years. And then not even not even that far behind this one, forty years in one month, mm-hmm. um, and that between whale, sightings. Yeah, between sightings. Yeah, which that's also impressive. Is like you think you've lost track of a whale for 
10 to 15 years and then all of a sudden you you see it again yeah so overall it does look like our big uh our mista seats our baleen whales are quite long-lived adonta seats probably a, a close second and then um as far as little adonta seats we do know our porpoise out there actually have probably the shortest lifespan as far mm-hmm. as cetaceans go yeah yeah something in the range of 15 to 20 years is probably normal for a porpoise but they'd be on the shorter end of things yeah so good question still i guess mentioned the previous episode it's still it's science you know i think that <laughs> still was, trying to figure it out that was one of those questions that i think i asked in my introduction to marine mammals class or i was like dumbfounded that i was like wait why don't we know why don't we know how long they live and this is like caitlin we don't know <laughs> Yep, we definitely do not know. Which is pretty awesome. I feel like um, Nemo's dad right now, remember? (laughs) If you see a sea turtle, ask him how old he is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ask him how old he is. (laughs) Ask him how old he is. (laughs) All right, next question. Do you know any European places to go see orca whales apart from Norway? Slater, yeah, you traveled. I've stuck. Close to home. I know that they see them in Iceland. I'm yeah. pretty sure they see them during the winter time in Iceland. Yeah. But they do see them in the summer, but it's not as frequently. Yeah. Um, um, you can, I don't think it's a regular thing, but I have heard of sightings a couple times a year off the Canary Islands, which is technically off the coast of Africa. Um, they I've see them. I've heard them off Ireland before. Yeah. Too, I was I gonna say, super rare. I was going to say, I think in the, what is it, North Sea or something, there's a small population, but those killer whales are actually really in trouble too the ones they see around like ireland and scotland those ones are suffering from a lot of uh pollutant issues in the water yeah and we might start seeing more whales pop not that they weren't popping up before but because of social media and stuff we might start learning more about killer whales being in other places yeah in europe exactly yeah, we find out we'll let you know yeah they are a whale that moves so much too you know our, our killer whales can easily move 100 plus miles a day so yeah Huge ranges on these animals. All right. Well, we got a question about how are they? How are the whales affected by climate change? That is an ongoing question that's being investigated. Um, there's some some things that happen with climate change, also in relation to ocean acidification, are going to have ramifications down the line. Yeah. Um, like krill. Yeah, krill species have um, are going to be affected by the acidity of the ocean because of their ability to make their shells. And so if krill stocks dwindle, then animals that are dependent on krill, like blue whales, are really going to have a hard time. And Slater, what's that documentary you forced us to watch? Gonna, that was, was really good that about that. You. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if the sea ice isn't there, then that's where the krill are breeding. Yeah, underneath. let me look up the right. name. You yeah. made me watch yeah. it. It was really good. Exactly. I actually saved it. Yeah, so yeah. in the Antarctic especially, that's where that could become a big problem really fast is the, the krill down there it shelters under the sea ice. And is that when they breed? Is yeah, it it, it, they're breeding under the sea ice. Yeah, so if there's less habitat, then there's less ability for them to breed. And the krill are feeding on the sea. They're feeding on like a bacteria or something. Underneath what is it ice. that's growing There was on something the ice? actually Algae coating under the ice Yeah, yeah. that they'll, they'll feed off of. And uh, in the short term, that could mean really good eating for whales because the krill are exposed. But in the long term, that doesn't lead to a bigger krill population. Yeah. All right. Give me one second, guys. I'll bring up that name later. forgot? But... Find that what curl I, stuff. Guys, just missed my joke. <laughs> you're curling me. <laughs> <laughs> what I also um, know a lot of scientists have said is the beaked shall inherit the earth in the face of climate change. So um, cephalopods, squid species, 
um, are going to do well in the face of climate change, which means animals that eat those species like beaked whales and Rizzo's dolphins and pilot whales, they're going to survive because they will have prey as long as they can um, get into a good temperature range that they're going to be able to tolerate. Did you find it? Uh, I, I seem to have forgot my next Flix uh, password. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know mine either. It's not even wait, mine. Wait, it's wait. my grandma's. Let me rescue you guys. No Let me rescue you guys. Let me log it in on my phone. Is it crazy I don't that. even have my own Netflix? <laughs> Everybody else is on mine. I'm, I'm the, the page. Well, we can answer another question Here, while you're looking at it. Yeah, definitely. Up. Go for it. Let's see. Um, Gray whales are also going to survive climate change because they're super hardy. All right, so the question is, most bizarre encounter while out at sea? What are you thinking? Um, you guys so, both, like, turned your head at the yeah, same time. There's a few. The weirdest thing I've seen, there's two things that I say to people, and they're like, what? One, I've seen a freezer floating out in the ocean. And two, I've seen a dead cow floating out in the ocean. But as far as wildlife, I think one of the more bizarre things I've seen is uh, these juvenile killer whales put a mola mola like on their forehead on their melon and like balanced it out of the water. So their head was out of the water and the mola was on top of their head. Was it still whole? Yeah, they were like, and then later they threw it like a frisbee. They like chucked it with their mouth. It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> they are frisbees, not just for killer whales, but for sea lions. Sea lions, yeah. What if there's something true. else that likes to just throw around? <laughs> feel bad for them they're like perfect little circles that people just want to skip like a rock yeah see it a lot out there unfortunately some of our divers out here locally will actually find a mola mola with no fins just kind of sitting on the bottom of the seafloor yeah, yeah they have a hard life in the monterey bay <laughs> yeah and they are bizarre looking too i mean they're a pretty bizarre animal we re- we encounter them regularly but to most people i mean think of that boston sunfish video that went viral yeah <laughs> I know, actually, when yeah. I put them on my story, like, you know, we pull up the big ones, people are like, what, alien? Like, you know, people. It's a baby think, whale, Jay. Yeah. It's a tuna, bro. It's a flounder, Jay. <laughs> that, that's a YouTube video. That's on, that video is on YouTube if you guys want to look it up. Just I don't know type in called. Boston Sunfish, it'll come up. Yeah. I, I've had some, I mean, I don't know. You can kind of consider them bizarre yet kind of life changing, too. I remember one of my. Uh, first few whale, uh, whale watching trips I was doing when I was back at the aquarium, we were um, just flying down the coast, and um, we were with some uh, offshore ballnose dolphins. But they just happened to be going where we were going because we got word that there were some uh, gray whales uh, at a certain location. So we're heading there, and then um, we eventually got to an area where we started seeing the gray whales, and we started slowing down. And the offshore ballnose kind of, you know. Um, <laughs> kind of just kind of slowly drifting back but one of them kept on like keeping up at the bow you know as we kind of you know came to a stop and this thing actually got its head out of the water turned back and looked at me like eye to eye and started vocalizing like <laughs> typical like what? what you would imagine seeing like in a movie or you know in one of your dreams it just looked at me eye to eye and go like vocalizing <laughs> like I don't speak dolphin, you know, offshore ballas dolphin, but you kind of got the idea. Oh, but you that, speak common? Yeah, yeah I, I speak, speak common, common yeah. Long beak, A little bit of a lag, too. But um, <laughs> this dolphin, I mean, I didn't have to speak dolphin. You could just tell it was probably telling me, hey, what are you doing? I was having fun. Get this boat going again. I want I a bow killer, ride. I had a killer yeah. whale vocalize at me for like nine straight seconds. It's like, ee! Yeah, that's amazing. But I want some vocalization in my face. 
As far as bizarre and unique stuff, I'm sure all three of us could probably write a book about the collections of I stuff like, that I've seen. That I humpback can't... whale this summer that was like looked like it was broken in the shallow water, that was pretty funny. Did you see that whale that this summer? No. It like no. did these weird... I've never had a bar- bizarre event. Me and, the, me and the captain were calling it Gumby because it was like putting its head oh, and its tail yeah. up at the same time and like making oh, this really? big U-shape with its body and then it was like... We think it was doing a headstand. It was in such shallow water, its face had to be in the bottom, and its oh. tail was up. Like, it was doing all kinds of weird now stuff. Now I remember something weird. I remember my, one of my first trips here, um, you know, working on the boat, and uh, we were just chugging along, and then we were going quite quite slow, and then I just happened to be in the back of the boat with Britt, and I just look off, and just right below the surface of the ocean, I see something big and white, about four feet long, floating in the water. So I'm like, what is that? I actually yelled loud enough that, um, you know, our captain slowed down. And he kind of circled back a little, backed up a little so we can take a look at it. Um, what it was, it was actually a huge chunk of, it looked like squid. It was probably mm. about a good three inches thick and four feet long. And I was like, this has to be, you know, either, you know, giant or colossal squid. It's a piece of it. We got to get this, you know. And <laughs> even though it was below the surface, you could smell it. You know, our captain was like, you are not bringing that on board my boat. I'm like, this is might be like, important, please, you know. Like, this is just a piece of it. It's four feet long. He's like, nope. I was like, okay. <laughs> but, what yeah. about sunfish eating Valella Valella? Oh, yeah. That have was a cool one. That? Yeah, it's so That's funny because sunfish have big, like, they're basically like googly eyes. Like, yeah. you know those things that, like, the yes. eyes that you glue to a paper and yes. they shake. Like, and, and the mouth is they, like, too. go cross-eyed and, <laughs> and, like, go head on towards these. It's hard to it's hard to explain a, uh, a valella valella. A by the wind sailor. It's yeah. a it's like a little disc that has its own sail and then little blue tentacles hanging down off. Yeah, the but bottom. it's funny to watch them mm-hmm. slurp them down. Yeah. Or miss them and then have to circle back <laughs> for it. <laughs> the best is when they miss them and you know they like do this pretty quick turn for how awkward their body is. They like do a hairpin turn to try and go back for it. Just one day in Newport, we had um, like four or five sea lions take down four or five thresher shark. In like what? less than yeah. five, less than five minutes, I, I had, saw your pics of that. Yeah, I had I had literally like I was filming a whale with my drone, and this happened, and then I obviously went over and filmed that, and I got three or four different ones, and I, I saw fresh kills like wow. where one got out of the way or like it let go of it or it didn't mean to let go of it, but it, the shark you know skidded out of the way, and then it went back down, grabbed it, pulled it back up. Wow, so that was pretty cool. That's a pretty bizarre thing to watch. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. yeah, they could eat that. They could do that underwater, you know. And like watching them whip it with that big long. Tail, yeah. the thresher shark. Oh yeah, those thresher like sharks. Like I've seen amazing. it. I've seen them eat. You know, you've seen them eat smooth hounds and all and stuff like that before. Yeah. But four or five of them, and like right then, it was just like. Phew. I saw a sea lion eat a big skate, and it was like the wingspan of the skate was almost as long as the sea lion. I was like, Holy really? Moly. Out here? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like I've seen two, it. What is it? The, years gu- ago? Guitar, uh, the shovel uh, nose. Shovel nose. Yeah, yeah. The shovel nose. Yeah. So for those of you maybe haven't seen a California sea lion eat something, they shake it like a dog. They like rip it. They thrash it on the water. They smack it on the water. Yeah. Um, so it's it's pretty interesting to watch. They they're basically just tearing pieces off of it and then swallowing it down because they yeah. can't swallow the shark down yeah. whole. Obviously. And they don't have you know they can't use their flippers to help like pull it apart in pieces. So they just shake it and rip it and throw it. Which is funny is I feel like harbor seals do use their flippers. They do. Because they have the they have like I mean sea lions have claws underneath yeah. theirs too, but. The harbor seals, you can really see them. I yeah, like they're you... well. The harbor seal um, front flippers are not their main like 
locomotion. They don't. They use their, their yeah. Harbor yeah, seals they, use so the rear to propel I think themselves. They have and different then, dexterity on the front. Yeah, and then sea lions use the front flippers to propel them. Yeah, and their hind to steer. Yep. yep. Exactly. So yeah, I don't know. I don't have a super bizarre story for the ocean. What? I don't know. I saw pufferfish once in Newport. That's cool. What about your offshores eating? Where the would sharks? the pufferfish come from? Um, well, the last I don't know field, what type it was. So. Yeah, the pufferfish actually, there's been a lot spotted uh, during the El Ninos. In fact, uh, okay, so that's... there's a few kinds that have been showing up. Um, I want to say, is it the sharp nosed puffer uh, that's been showing bullish. up in Southern California? Also, there was a report of a porcupine fish. Um, off of the uh, Long Beach breakwater, and a fisherman actually saw it and caught it and actually took it to the Aquarium of the Pacific, and it actually was on display for a little bit up in the uh, <laughs> okay. in one of their displays. So, yeah. He just brings us in. Yeah. Hi, I think you. you need this. Yeah, they actually brought it into the aquarium. The aquarium actually did notice. It was kind of a good thing. It didn't look too hot, and it actually uh, lived up in the uh, the um, upstairs in their Baja California exhibit. Forgot the exact name of that enclosure, but, yeah, it was there, and I actually have a few pictures of it. So, Yeah. Those puffer fish did show up in uh, a few types. What about your, showed up in California. your orfish sea snake stuff? Oh, God, I don't even want to talk about that stuff anymore. But the orfish, yeah, was actually uh, found off of the uh, Trump golf course uh, a few years ago, and uh, parts of it were recovered. I think Cal State Fullerton actually got the uh, stomach contents of it, and I just uh, took the head, and that was it. And if you guys don't know what orfish are, they're... Uh, type of fish we actually kind of don't know much about um they are uh, a fish that is quite long and uh, there actually is one on display at the natural history museum that's about 13 to 14 feet long and they're kind of funny they kind of swim like in the vertical position uh kind of and they uh don't have really strong muscles their flesh is really mushy and they kind of swim vertically uh hoping for like small inverts curl and stuff to kind of swim by and they'll, they'll gulp them up um and there's been a few spotted in uh, the Philippines, Japan. In, fa- in fact, in Japan, when they start showing up in good numbers, they think it's a sign of uh, something bad about to happen, like an omen, like earthquakes mm. or something like I that. I think that if you Google it, there's a picture of one on Catalina, right? Yeah, in like, fact, it's like really long. That one was found right before I found mine, and right before I found mine, there's also a few found in La Jolla. That particular summer, uh, there were a, a lot of them showing up in uh, California waters, and this is a pretty rare fish to, to find alive or the, and even to find dead obviously so um, so it's a they're pretty well documented because of the, the rarity of it when they are seen alright well when I find something bizarre <laughs> I will let you guys know it's I'm kinda, sure I just can't we're, we're gonna end this recording and you're gonna be like oh man yeah it's kind of a loaded question because like things that are bizarre to most people we don't think are bizarre is the other thing I mean, like seeing a leatherback turtle eating jellyfish, have jellyfish stringing out his mouth is pretty bizarre. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. not bizarre, it's just like rare to see. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of rare things. Like on the when I was working on the fishing boat, the ratfish is a pretty cool. Bizarre, oh, yeah. It's a bizarre fish. Yeah, ratfish yeah. chimera are really yeah. cool. Or slime eels are bizarre. Mm-hmm. Or I, I think about encounters when you're with whales in really thick fog. It's not necessarily even something you see, just the whole everything about the encounter. Like it, the fog is really thick. 
and you're smelling for whales or you're listening for whales, you don't actually usually see the whale first. You're using your other senses to find them. And then especially when you're the naturalist trying to explain yeah. to the passengers what you're doing. And bre- breaching blue whales and fin whales is technically kind of bizarre, too. I think a few of us experienced that. Yeah. Those are rare occasions. All right. So let's go to another question. Okay. All right. I would love to know more about the history of pilot whales on the California coast. Ooh, so very, would we. No, very, <laughs> very they good are question. Mysterious. You have your notes on it? Yeah, you? I do. Okay. So it's funny you mention that because myself and Caitlin just happened to come back from the uh, Southern California Marine Mammal Workshop, and there actually was a talk about this. Um, yeah, Tom Jefferson. But just to put it in plain, uh, you know, quick little, you know, Cliff Notes form. We, we think it's a little to do with climate change and a little bit to do with, and that obviously leads to the shift. I shouldn't really say climate change, more than shift. We, we have this traditional shift in uh, currents in our ocean um, that could happen about every 10 years, more or less. And what happens is that even causes food to shift. Um, so that obviously can lead to different animals coming into places. So there's a few theories about that, but uh, I think Caitlin actually... Um, has notes regarding this matter so take it away yeah so tom jefferson um also collaborated with elisa shulman janiger i think they had a poster at a conference too. yeah but tom presented um talking about the short fin pilot whales in southern california there are sightings going back all the way to the 1920s um but from the 1950s to the 1980s they were really common around the uh, around catalina island they considered them like residents of catalina island um, and then starting in the mid-1980s, there was a big decline. Um, they think a lot of it has to do with the 1982-1983 El Nino because the squid fishery crashed. Um, but there also was increasing um, fishing pressure out at Catalina for market squids, so like those purse-saining boats. Um, and they do use um, acoustic deterrents for sea lions, but those also can affect um, O'Donoghue's in the area that are very sensitive to sound. They're like these little firecrackers that they put in the nets to spook the sea lion out. They seal bombs. Seal bombs. Yeah. Um, I think we so, talked about those, right? Yeah. yeah. So like between this. the disturbance and then the competition for food and then this fishery crashing, that may have encouraged them to shift out of the area. Um, but they also were heavily targeted for live captures, um, especially pre-1970s, um, for marine land. So they were caught to be put on display in aquariums. Yeah, some of us remind, uh, from Southern California right, remember uh, bubbles. So Yeah, so yeah. they had a history of removals from habitat that have been recorded from 1952 to, uh, to 2014. 45 were bycatch in different fisheries. Um, 108 were strandings. 76 were live captured. Three, I think, were found dead on the beach with no cause of death um and they also catalina island is not too far away from where they test um naval sonar and that sometimes the locations of that are not always disclosed so you don't know how close the pilot whales may have been especially with that 108 um strandings pilot whales are one of those species that do mass strand so um they'll end up in the on the beaches in like the 20s 30s 40s and 50s numbers um and so they're kind of more susceptible to things like that um, Rizzo's dolphins are more common now in Southern California. They don't know if like they're filling a niche that was emptied or if there was some kind of like competition between pilot whales or Rizzo's, but kind of the long and short of it is that they used to be really abundant and now they're not. And Tom was kind of like, this is really perplexing. 
like this seems to have happened right yeah. under our noses and we missed it. Yeah, so a lot of possible factors, El Nino being too warm, squid usually will shift to uh, the cooler waters and the bycatch issue. Yeah, so there's a lot of, uh, that's a really good question. Yeah. Still yeah, I've only seen thought, yeah. the shortfin pilot whales going on? two times in Newport Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure they were a year apart. Was and it I'm close to shore? I'm pretty sure they were in the same month a year apart. Wow. Mm-hmm. Was it pretty far offshore or close to shore? No, was, we were like sh- right off the Newport coast. Like oh, wow. Right okay. there. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was, I was on uh, Newport Coastal's boat, and then I think Dolphin Safari came up too. It was just two Zodiacs out there with yeah. us. One, Last one I saw them was, yeah, like tuna fishing. It's usually the backside of Catalina or all the way towards uh, closer to San Clemente. We run into them on occasions. Yeah, I've only yeah. seen them. I saw them on a survey ship. We were off of Point Conception. I think we were over 100 miles from shore. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just like buzzed across the bow of the boat. We got a few photos, confirmed the species, and that was it. They're so neat looking. Those dorsal fins are just weird looking. It's yeah. pretty amazing. They're hooked, yeah. like they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're hooked. Yeah, they're hooked. They're hooked. Low and hooked, yeah. They're, like they're kind of like a, I would say kind of like a Pacific white-sided, but like more. Even more. Even more. It's really low, yeah. 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 And thicker. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that was a very good question. And that's, yeah, that what Caitlin said are a number of the uh, thoughts out there about why these animals are such a rarity uh, off our coast, even though they're almost like, like uh, we said earlier, there were like almost resonance in the uh, Catalina Island area. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to know what to make of all that, whether that means that their population just went through a major decline and that's why we don't see them, or did they shift their habitat because of all those things, or is it both? Like there was a decline in the population that changed the cultural structure of those groups that would be around Catalina and so then there was like this fission fusion thing going on with the pods and then they all just kind of scattered you do see that in other species like wolves um, when the pack like loses an alpha and then like everything gets the pecking order gets rearranged sometimes the packs completely split into two or three groups and some groups don't make it because the culture got broken and there's no leader anymore so that could be happening with Odonisites too Carl Safina actually um, talks about that in uh, shoot what's the name of his book Beyond words, he talked. He talked a little bit about that with different types of animals, and killer whales is one of them. And pilot whales are in that blackfish family with killer whales, and have strong cultural ties too, which is also why they mass strand. Um, some scientists believe like there could be just one whale sick, and the other whales won't leave it, and they mm-hmm. all go to the boat. The, all go to the boat. Yeah. All go to the beach together, um, and they all end up dying, even though only one of them was sick. Well. Should we talk about something less depressing? No, yeah, find another, find another question. <laughs> um, the, the, a lot of the questions are just repeated, um, like how, how long do humpback whales live? Um, here's it's back to the killer whale. Where's the best place to see killer whales in the wild? And I think that this is kind of a hard question to answer because you could say that Monterey is the best in April and May, or you could say yeah. that you know in San Juan Islands is the best during July to October, or. Southeast Alaska is good. Yeah, yeah. It really, I think they they travel so much um, that it's really hard to say when the best is. Yeah, I mean they see them really consistently in the winter time in Norway too, in the fjords when they're feeding on the herring. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to say. Um, Western Australia, they're pretty consistent. Yeah, right now they're seeing. I mean, yeah. there's places that you can guarantee see them during like their peak times i would say like yeah. there's a peak couple weeks of a year or, or a month in a year a couple months in a year yeah. yeah that you can see them but it's not like 
every single day of the you year. You just gotta keep on going while watching. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly yeah. what But like the hot spots would be like Southeast Alaska, um, San Juan Islands, um, Monterey, Western Australia, Iceland, Norway. Yeah. San, Juan, San Juan Islands and then here in Monterey is where I've had the best luck. You know, I've, I think my, in my log that I checked, I think it was four days in a row was my record here. And uh, I think and I Monterey. Have, like, 10 Wait, plus and, days in a row. and then San Juan, I've had you know like transients, transients, transients. Tra- I've had days where you know transients and residents, you know, day after day after day. So you're you have four days in a row since you've lived here. Since I lived here, okay, yeah. But because yeah. they've been here more than four days in a row. Yeah, yeah, I've had seasons where we've had like ten to fourteen days in a row. I'd have to go look at my notes. I felt yeah. like me and you. Or yeah, that first week I moved here was intense. It was like every day. You, like, if you yeah. guys, if you want to see Gilder Worlds, just move to Monterey, <laughs> and you'll see them for your first week when you move here. But then after that, they won't come by. Like it's just, it's like to get you in. Yeah, my to get my, you hooked. my first yeah. day of moving here, I remember jumping on. <laughs> I told you the too. high spirits, and I had Emma and her pod porpoising out of the water. I was like, that's a nice welcome to Monterey. Yep. And then you know, working on the other boat, same thing. I was like, what's going on here? You know? <laughs> <laughs> when I moved here, my like one of my best breaches, the one that goes like it's shared the most. I know, and that was in the fall. You were on the boat. Yeah, it was like November. Yeah, it was November, like November thirteenth, nineteen eighty two. No, <laughs> November thirteenth. But you, I, uh, you and I, and John and Daniel and Elisa, like yeah. we were all looking at this one killer little breach right yep. at us. Yep, yep. Yeah. It was a pretty awesome day. We had it was really nice sunset. And then too. a humpback whale breached. Oh yeah. For like we're, 40 minutes. We're watching this pod and a humpback whale breached all the way from like the first buoy leaving the harbor all the way out. To out a Silomar. Yeah. Like around Point Pinos. Yeah. It just kept going. It, it breached its way right through a pot of killer whales. Like yeah. he was just like, I'm going to go through this area, but like you can't touch me. Like, That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> that was that's a, a bizarre. That that's a, bizarre. I mean. Yeah. That was like four, <laughs> seriously forty minutes straight of breaching. That. Yeah, and we were all like, "Oh yeah, look at that!" I remember I was narrating because I was yeah. naturalist. I was like, "Oh yeah, there's that humpback over there we're still breaching." We're like so focused on the killer whales, and finally we're like, "God, we have to go watch this humpback now because this thing has been breaching for forty minutes." What's I, your What's I, your I, record? I had a combination of breaching and chin slapping. I think it was over seventy times a few years ago. Dude, I lose yeah. count. Yeah, Honestly, I, I can't uh, count that. I look at the. Time. I actually stopped counting I mean, after around seventy. We I had. Like, Whoa. A, I think you were on the boat this summer. We had a calf that just did it over and over mm-hmm. and over. We had so many All breaching calves this summer. The calves were just going. Nuts. Yeah, it was a good year for with active calves this year. Yes. Yes, yes. Well, I think we're honestly out of questions on the Instagram, so okay. what do you guys want to talk about? Um, Wait, what did you see today, Eric? Oh, today? Uh, you know what? I, I'm starting to see the North Bounders today, so Yay. I did I did check out the uh, reports from Elisa's group down south, you know, with the uh, um, their accounts, and I noticed some uh, North Bounders, so I was expecting some, so yeah, lo and behold, today um, had some North Bounders and some South Bounders, so we're... It's always around mid-February where you yep. get that time where the whales literally cross each other's paths. Like, hey, have fun in Baja. All right, see you in Alaska. So, uh, so And we're talking gray whales. North yeah, we had gray whales. whales. So I'm talking about gray whales. We're in mid-February, once again, is usually that transition period. So you'll start seeing your northbounders. And uh, what else interesting What did you see in today? the harbor on your way back Yeah, we actually had a, a mature – not a ma- I'm sorry, not mature at all, but a, uh, a maturing, I should say, um, southern – I mean, northern elephant seal. <laughs> Eric's lost. You said southern. You threw me off. I said southern. So that was a northern um, <laughs> elephant seal uh, inside our harbor. And that's 
quite a rare sighting to have inside our harbor. Usually, you have to head over to um, Año Nuevo or San Simeon to see these animals. But we do get, um, you know, animals sometimes way offshore. But to see one in the harbor, you know, a male with that big old cool uh, nose, you know, hanging out right under the sea lions at the <laughs> what we usually refer to as the, the Coast Guard uh, pier out here. So that was a really cool sighting. And I did post up some uh, pictures on our, our company site, and I'll put some of my personal account if you guys follow me on Instagram or Facebook. And that big old nose is for the mating call, really, right? Yeah, those those yeah. vocalizations, they, they make her <laughs> pretty intense. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> I've seen um, a juvenile harbor seal and a juvenile elephant seal, like, follow each other around the harbor. I was like, I got really, I got down really early to the boat in the morning, and I was like getting it ready, and then the slip next to us was empty, and this like little harbor seal and elephant seal were just like swimming in circles together in the empty. Slip. Yeah, and then our buddy Brian had that little footage of that younger elephant seal within a harbor. So the young ones, yeah, it's not too surprising to see him in the harbor, but to see a, a male in there was pretty was pretty cool. I feel like there's been more in the harbor the last few years because earlier last summer we had a, a like a. Um, a wiener hanging mm-hmm. out in the harbor, just taking a nap over by the sailboats. And I think it's oh, exactly, I think the situation is exactly like the uh, the humpback situation. Population's doing well. You're making a great comeback. Your numbers are going up. So obviously the animals are going to be more spread out everywhere. So yeah. And if you guys don't know what a wiener is, <laughs> that's a, a young seal or elephant seal, right? That's been weaned. Weaned. From it's its been, yeah. yeah. It's been, okay, yeah. So yeah. It was, and it was during the summer, so it was molting too. So it's like skin was all icky. All right, I know we can talk about. Actually, you brought it up, and I just stole it. What Stealer. Is, what is your favorite whale movie? <laughs> My favorite whale movie is. Um, Wait, let me guess, because you already told me. <laughs> whale Rider. Yeah, I That's like Whale Rider. Too. The reason why I like I Whale Rider is because um, I actually like how it. it if you haven't seen it yet, well, should I, even, uh, should I shouldn't even give it away. But anyway, it's based on um, uh, uh, a, a story uh, by the Maori, and it just it just kind of shows you how uh, whales have gone so far back in so many different cultures. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the way down the South Pacific, and obviously uh, up and more towards you know Alaska and and uh, you know Canada. You can see how the uh, cetaceans have been a big part of these people's cultures for you know centuries so um i like that factor as far as books go oh man i didn't even say anything about books yeah yeah you did no i took it out you took it back i just said no take back i just said what no take backs i'm gonna talk about books now (laughs) well no one wants to read this is a podcast for listeners audiobooks well being a big nerd my favorite book is I like E. Robustus. <laughs> of course you do. The books I read are more reference books. I'm a big nerd. That's um, Grey Whale and science talk. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what the book's called. It's just, that's all it is. So, e. Robustus. Yeah, that one's really good. And there's only, there's this one book on um, blue whales that was um, decent. Uh, was it Wild, Wild Blue? Was it the one I recommended? Yeah, I've read 13 books in my life, Eric. Because <laughs> <laughs> he listened. They were all in the last year. Because so. he listens to the rest. <laughs> But, yeah, I have a lot of books. It's hard to pick a favorite, but those are the ones I actually look at over and over again. Well, my favorite whale movie is Flipper. Nice. Is that illegal? No. Why would it be illegal? Because he's a captive dolphin. I mean, Eric's closeted a Free Willy fan. That really should be his number one one. Yeah. 
In fact, people used to always ask me about like how I got into the field, and I always tell them, well, you know, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. I was kind of a bad kid, and uh, I had a harmonica. Because one day I stole some food out of a, a catering truck, and the cops were looking for me. Okay. And they found me, so I started running away, and I hid inside this marine park. This sounds like the plot of Free Willy. <laughs> and, you know, it takes about 10 minutes people realize, you know, that I'm saying that. And <laughs> Can you start bringing a harmonica to work again? Huh? Yeah. Wait. Yeah. That usually calls in the, uh, the orca when we play the harmonica. In Flipper, I like that he uses the, the, um, the torch to make his toast on the wall. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I've never seen that version. What do you mean that version? It's a movie. It's the main one. I, I'm, I'm just used to the TV show. There's a flipper too. There's a TV show. Yeah, but normal people don't know the TV show. What? Normal people. That was, I kidding. thought that was that before the movie. I've never. The I didn't know there was a TV show. Yeah, I thought it started as a TV show, or did it start as a movie? I don't know. We need to talk to Rick O'Berry. Uh, wait. <laughs> I was gonna say, did he? Who was? Um, what's his name that lives here? That films the whales. Bob Talbot. Bob Talbot. Did he work on that movie, or what movie did he work on? He, he used filmed, to do those he, he big filmed, posters. He actually stuff. filmed that the big. I think he filmed the beginning of a Free Willy. That scene with uh, with Granny in the beginning, opening credits. Oh yeah. Probably. Oh, it's Granny's in the beginning of that movie. The J-Pod. Yeah, that's yeah. J-Pod in the beginning of Free Willy. Wow. Yeah. You'll see clearly see Granny and her little little uh, bite mark in that middle of that dorsal. What? Yeah. What's the bite mark from? Salmon. It might not even. <laughs> it might not even be a bite mark. Each other. Um, favorite oh. book. I don't know. Yours is probably the same as mine. Slater, right now, spying on whales. Yeah, I told you I don't have very many books. Unless you, do you want to like? But I don't know. I mean, Nick Pineson. He's he's a really good writer. He's and he's he reads the audiobook too, and he's a really good like. It's really easy to listen to, and he's a really good science communicator. So I really like that book, not only for the, like how good he is at his craft and and communicating it, but also the content. It's a good book. I learned a lot. I've honestly listened to it three times. Yeah. I actually fall asleep to it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I did last night and the night, or not last night, the night, the day, the night before. A couple days ago, you told yeah. us, yeah. It's definitely a good book. It's one of my favorites right now. Yeah. Eric is like afraid to pick it up for some reason. I have, I read my books in order. I have like three or four other. Who books puts a read. list of books on their wall? And is like people gonna... with OCD, Slater. Dude, just read it. I mean, I do, but then sometimes I'm like, nah, forget it. I'm gonna get. Go right in the middle. <laughs> just first off, it takes me like at least six, like every six years, I get a new book. So, so <laughs> I usually just read them when I get them. It's so hard for me to super... find a like the book has to be a story, yeah, like a good story. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That guy Nick Pyanton has another book that I was looking at. Was, Didn't you just get it, Eric? It's a book by another gentleman, actually. Uh, I think he's a, a German uh, paleontologist. Uh, yeah, The Walking Whales. Yeah. Is that the one you're talking about? No. no I don't know, but it wasn't on Audible, so I didn't get it. Mm. I like to listen. It is nice, actually. I listen to it while I'm biking, too. Dude, when I'm popping wheelies on my bike, I don't got time to flip through pages. Dude, I'm not popping wheelies. <laughs> I'm trying to like get through my cold bike ride in the morning. <laughs> it is cold, but by the time I'm, I get there, it's a little like less cold. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for us on our books and movies. Yes. When we get new books, we will definitely let you guys know. We've said that in our previous episodes. But if there's any good whale movies that you guys can recommend. And yeah. I don't like watching movies like The Cove. Or, or I mean, we watch Blackfish again. But those are just so sad, you know? Yeah. Um, we also started a resource page on our Podbean site. 
where we've been adding um, resources that we talked about, like books, documentaries, um, email listservs, websites to check up on, social media accounts to follow, um, where we get a lot of information from. So if you have something you want us to um, look into that maybe we don't know of and we can add it to the list or if you're looking for what we're looking at when we're ta- referencing these things in the podcast they're starting to be a growing list on the Podbean part of our um, podcast site yeah we'll definitely try to keep that updated yes for sure all right well episode seven in the books thank you guys for listening Woo-hoo. if you don't follow us on instagram make sure you follow us it's whale nerds and uh yeah thanks for listening Yeah, send us some more topics to talk about. We're having fun answering your questions. All right, guys. So once again, thanks for listening. It's been really fun, and hopefully uh, you guys give us some more cool topics to talk about. So thanks for listening. Thank you. Peace.